This woman's amazing. I'm going with Jesus shaves his pubes. Mr. Big Stuff. Welcome to Unethical Podcast. start recording because yeah. i want to know recording your in progress uh you he hasn't done it in like four episodes i'm not even mad about it anymore because he sucked so many times um <sighs> but um dingus actually was kind enough to share sort of her concept of, of how this came to be before when we were talking about we were actually talking about doing another episode with her as a guest and that was lorton before we start i really want to like you to share like how you came to know this story because it's so freaking cool. Oh, sure. Yeah. Pokemon Go was like at its height, right? And one of the best places to go was a cemetery. I think her grave was a Poke stop or like it was near one. Her actual, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. Cool. That is Bo's ultimate dream. If she was to die, <laughs> she would want people to come and catch Pokemon on her grave. (laughs) Yeah, we have a Catholic graveyard, like, literally four blocks up the street. That's a poke gym, you know? But it's, like, Jesus with his hands out. (laughs) Sorry, I just, I love the fact that you went somewhere and could because of a poke uh, like Pokemon Go and found something awesome on a gravestone. So sorry, I had to make sure <laughs> I, I got that correct on a poke yeah. shop. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna need that shirt. Catch Pokemon on my grave. <laughs> yeah. Catch Pokemon on my grave. I love it. <laughs> Don't tell her. Don't tell her. Because- oh, it's too late. I already messaged her in the last two oh, minutes. It's already in her inbox. I'm never going to hear the end of it now. She's going to be, you make sure if I die before you that I'm a fucking pokey stuff. <laughs> Look, you're blessed to have her and you will do whatever she asks oh, wow. of you or I, I you will answer to me. <laughs> you I do whatever she asks. I, I would. I would. Like, imagine that you could do that. You could just put that in your will. Like, I want to be in a video game now. And they're like, well, you're, you're <laughs> the fucking video game. It was in the will, motherfucker. Like, anyway, keep going. Sorry, Sarah. You're fine. But I just, I looked into her and realized she was a total fucking badass. I actually got a chance to talk to some of her living relatives, a local woman who wrote a book about the entire cemetery and included Stockade Annie because that was her nickname. Her full name is Anna Mabry Barr. Before you too far, I actually have a legit question. When you looked at the gravestone, you're like, I must find this person. Was it a compelling thing or was the gravestone cool or was it a cool name? Like what made you want to look into this lady? The Pokestop? Like was it the Pokestop? (laughs) (laughs) so part of it was the pokey stuff the other part of it was my neighbor was uh her mom's maiden name was bar and so she was thinking like maybe i'm related to this lady well she only went as far as to be like oh no i'm not like we have got totally different relatives i was started reading like entire articles and i was like this chick is a badass like how did I not know? Better than a badass chick, man. Really, how it how it happened? Yeah, right. And and she was local because at the time, she because she her family land was in Clarksville, Tennessee, and so that's where I was living at the time. And so it was all really neat because I knew like 
all the places where her homestead was. And That's awesome. Really cool. I was like driving by these locations all the time. Uh, have you lived in Tennessee your whole life? No, my dad was in the army. Oh, that's right. We moved to Tennessee when I was in sixth grade. So I've been here ever since and I'm, I'll be 26. Do you mind life. if I ask where you were born? Oh, I was born in uh, Watertown, New York at Fort Drum. Okay. The only reason I ask is because like you have no accent at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, she keeps talking about Tennessee and I kind of don't think she- <laughs> Kinda don't think she's from there. Kinda <laughs> missing the drawl. <laughs> I don't really sound New York either, because we moved out of New York when I was a baby, and I spent a lot of my time in Virginia. So I spent like the first six years of my life right outside of DC, and we were there when 9/11 happened and the DC sniper, and that was really fucking crazy uh, to be in kindergarten and like the because we lived on base, so like now the base is shutting down on like 9/11 and like all this shit is happening. My dad was in aviation, so, like, the next day, his hangar is literally being used for, like, housing dead bodies. Like, he's having to go to these sites and, like, pick up people, parts of people, like, crazy shit, you know, because we were so close to all of that. My dad, I found out later that my dad used to fly this general to the Pentagon. Well, where the plane hit the Pentagon was right at the landing pad for the helicopters, (gasps) And he just so happened to not have to fly that mission that day. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to have to like interview you again for that. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't even need to have to tell us a story about someone else. You can just tell us about your life. Yep. <laughs> I thought we did that. And now we're learning all this new stuff that didn't come up in like four hours. We already talked to you. Yeah. <laughs> and we asked so many questions. You're a regular, oh. almost Pete Davidson. Thank you. We're going to start another podcast and it's just going to be the Sarah Dingus story. Or discovering Sarah Dingus. Discovering Sarah Dingus. Oh. Extended. I'll go into like the name Dingus first. I'll go into like all of that crazy redneck West Virginia history because that in itself is another fucking whirlwind. First eight episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably. First season. <laughs> first season. Yeah. I oh, I don't know. I don't remember. So this story doesn't really fall into like true crime or like mystery or anything. Like I said, she was just a badass lady. And the living relative I got to talk to was her great nephew. So Anna was his great aunt. He said she wasn't beloved by all. She was different. When I read this story, that's definitely subjective on on what side of the battle you were on. She was a feisty little lady i like the sound of her already right so she was born uh november 7th 1875 and she was the oldest of 12 children she was born in what was called poplar hill tennessee which is in clarksville and that was what is now fort campbell and at the time it would have been called camp campbell when they were in the process of building it is that like a level one fort when you level up it becomes a fort (laughs) Level one camp, <laughs> level two fort. We've got the flamethrowers. We're not a fort. Castle. Not everything is fallout, Richard. <laughs> not everything is fallout. <laughs> I did not look into when the army started calling their bases camp or forts versus camps. I don't know when no, that I know. I switched. Just, I just but... like how it's. It used to be camp. Now it's forts. Like yeah. way to be fancy. We're using fancy with our military words now. Eighteen seventy-five. <laughs> that yeah. is a hell of a long time ago. 
<laughs> yeah, we have we have gone back in our time machine. Thanks, Doctor Who. Yeah, we haven't gone this far back since. Uh, well, Richard does all the time on private dicks, but oh, fucking time! Hey, all I'm the fucking 18, time. The 1800s. I know more about the 1800s than <laughs> yeah. any other fucking century ever because of goddamn private dicks. <laughs> yeah, you practically lived there because <laughs> he was on cloud nine for all of the 90s. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he was coasted through that. We haven't gone this far back since. Um, uh, and Bonnie and Mary Reed, right? Or no, they were old. They were further back than that, weren't they? Yeah, like mm-hmm. 1600s. That's like as far back as we've ever taken it on this show. Those were some cool ladies too, just flashing their titties everywhere. Mm-hmm. Great story. Um, well, they had to thread their own clothes. I imagine the threads weren't too uh, tight. Yeah. You got to go on Patreon if you want to hear that one. So when she was still a child, her family referred to her as sweet little Annie you know, people who knew her and stuff. And she, her family was very privileged for the time. They owned slaves. All of that was going on. (laughs) (laughs) Highly frowned upon. Disclaimer, (laughs) our feelings on slaves, boo. I mean, now it's highly frowned upon, but however, when those slaves were freed, they were treated so well that they took the Mabry name. So they ended up still being friends with the family and even now generations later there are descendants of those slaves that are still friends with descendants of the Mabry family so there you go you can't say that about a whole lot of families so like regardless of slavery you've got that maybe she sounds pretty beloved to me I'll be honest she sounds like a beloved lady I don't know if that's how that works (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's totally how that works either but you know I was trying to maybe make it a little bit better I don't know if they took their name because they're buddies I think they just (laughs) add that name now well at that point they had a choice on like what they wanted to do but that was probably the only name they knew yeah I was gonna say they're probably good friends friends for sure I'm sure they had them over for dinner (laughs) right it was a different generation, Richard. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> hey, man. I, I sure. <laughs> Jesus, you rip on Edgar Allan Poe for not selling slaves. You're ripping on these guys for selling slaves. Make up your mind. Are you That's pro true. or against slaves? I just, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, is, he, he, I would have rather him sold slaves instead of bang his 12-year-old cousin. That's all. Anna's story does not get that crazy. Look, all I'm saying is that your idol had a thing for pigeons. So maybe we shouldn't. Um, <laughs> they were just, they were just friends, fine That's feathered true. friends. That's yes. true. That's why he oh. hallucinated about them. So because her family was privileged, she was well-educated. She went to female academies in both Clarksville and in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and had a reputation for being highly intelligent. Later would like write several novels and that sort of thing. She did that under a pen name because at the time it still wasn't totally okay for women to be authors. So she did it under the radar. Woo. Break that glass ceiling, girl. Kick right. it. What was her pen name? What did she write? Um, I do. I have them. I have it scrolled down later. I can. Oh, no, we can get, get to it, it whenever you get to it. It's all good. I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. I'll find it. We'll, we'll get there. Her husband, John, who she met in New Orleans. Well, she met him in 1907, the age of 31. That's when she married him. Probably shortly before then, she went to Louisiana. He was a pastor at southwestern presbyterian university yeah 
It's unclear how they met exactly, but it looks like they were both going to Southwestern Presbyterian University from the research that I gathered. And then, like I said, she married him at 31 in 1907 on the Mabry property. 31? Yeah, I was going to that's mm-hmm. really, uh, that's actually, that is a geriatric marriage. Yeah, yeah. most women were married by 15 <laughs> in that time. Yeah. And her husband was a doctor. His name was Dr. John Christine Barr. Did you say he was a pastor? Pastor doctor. <laughs> I thought he was, but I wasn't reading. I was going off memory. <laughs> ah, so he's a doctor. So yes, that's he's different. a doctor. Not yes. boo. Definitely not boo. Yeah, not boo. Yeah. Doctor good. <laughs> 1900 doctor, though, probably just still uh, like putting leeches on you and shit, but better than pastor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He found what year was this? 1907. Yeah. There's a whole lot of body snatching body snatching happening and everything that he's doing is faith-based you know he went to the southwestern presbyterian university where i'm going with this is dr barr founded and presided over the presbyterian hospital in new orleans for 22 years he had previously been the pastor of lafayette westminster presbyterian church for 32 years oh there you go so he he was a pastor Mm -hmm. doctor pastor doctor it's so weird to me that you could be a pastor doctor the doctor cancels out the the boo (laughs) <laughs> yeah no that works because he's a pastor right so he's conducting funerals and then he takes the body to the medical school where he's a doctor where he drinks the blood where he hangs them on a hook back being a pastor drinking the blood yeah to sift through for when it's time to, to dissect yeah, okay okay sorry i get it now <laughs> yeah he's got it all sorted so i wish i could have corroborated this next point a little bit better but i was only able to find it in one source to so take it with kind of a grain of salt um they were Obviously a well-respected couple in New Orleans. He's a doctor. She's kind of participating in church activities and things with him. Um, and it was said that they owned an entire city block at the height of their prime in New Orleans. Were there houses on it? Um, I don't know. I couldn't find a whole lot of information about like which, what block it was. I mean, I imagine it was a block with businesses. Darn good field and hockey. I mean, you're talking about downtown New Orleans. So I imagine there was probably something on it. Pro- cricket or what is that game called? Croquet. Cro cricket. <laughs> and it is possible that they owned a city block because uh, Annie's father-in-law was a businessman who owned a company that imported coffee. So he mm. made a ton of money. So it's totally possible. Yeah. So this was New Orleans that he was a doctor. Yes. Because mm-hmm. he wasn't even a doctor. He was a witch doctor. No. <laughs> He probably played a trumpet or something brass. Yeah. As they do. Naturally. They're born with wind instruments in their mouths. Nolans. Nolans. It's all that weed. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Well, now we're at 1931. Does anyone know what happens in America in 1931? The Great Depression. Great Depression. Boom. Great Depression. Oh. So that forced them to move (laughs) back to Tennessee, back to Clarksville, back to her family land which unfortunately they had to sell poplar hill although annie managed to buy a portion of it back which she named bar hill so now we're going to skip 10 years after the great depression 1941 and just because we've skipped through time pretty quickly here anna mabry is 66 at this point in 1941 and this is where she is a fucking bad and this is where our story begins age 66 really All yeah right. i i love stuff like this because it could just proves like you never know man you might hit your your fucking stride at 66 let's do this let's see how craziness mm-hmm. comes 
So two men from the federal government arrive at Bar Hill to survey her land because this is where they want to build Camp Campbell. Unwilling to give up her family home, she brandishes a shotgun at these two federal agents and firmly tells them that she is not going to give up her family land to the government. Is this where they got the uh, premise for the movie Up? Yeah. (laughs) So early the next year, 1942, Dr. John Barr died on the Bar Hill property and left Annie alone to defend her home. I have a feeling she's going to do a great job. Yeah. Well, not long after his death, Annie conceded the property of the federal government who used it in conjunction with other locally owned properties to build Fort Campbell, which... At the time, they named Camp Campbell. And Fort Campbell's still there. It's huge. The thing is ginormous. That's where 101st Airborne is located, which that division had a lot to do in the Vietnam War and all sorts of stuff. A lot of badasses have come out of 101st for sure. In 1996, there was a Fort Campbell soldier who ended up missing and was reported dead. Because whoever killed her sent her jawbone into the media. Ew. (laughs) I found out about the 1996 case because my professors worked on it. They had to take the sediment out of her jawbone and compare that sediment to sediments in streams nearby. Because I have a geology degree. And so it was my sedimentology professor who was doing this. And he was actually a new professor at the time. It was the paleontology professor that the... Uh, police department had called in to help with it and my that professor got the other professor involved when it came time for one of them to testify on the stand they were like we need the sedimentologist because your title matters going on the stand you know they the jury doesn't want to hear from a paleontologist they want to hear from the sedimentologist about sediment data oh i'm sorry i didn't realize this murder victim was a dinosaur get the fuck off my stand Yeah, he ended up having to take the stand and all that. And uh, because they closed the case and everything, he went on to like do it as part of a lecture. So by the time I went to college, he was like, here's what I had to do for the police department about this missing soldier. And I was like, holy shit. So and he had to uh, compare like sediment samples from her like husband's shoes and like sediment that was found in his garage and all sorts of stuff. Did it help? I don't think so. I don't think it was enough evidence to convict him, but he he was who they thought did it because he clearly wanted her body to be found. He kept sending letters to um, the police and the news media about where to find her body, but they could never find her body. So whoever it was clearly wanted her body to be found, probably for insurance purposes, and he would have been the beneficiary. But circumstantial evidence, you can't convict, and they never found her body. Why not? Did he forget where he put it? pretty much wasn't explaining himself very well i guess it could have been one of those things where he left her there in in water like he kept saying that he left her in a waterway a million things can happen in a waterway they didn't convict him he said he left her in a waterway oh in the letters sorry in the letter is (laughs) was it was it at the back of a book that it was it a poem version of this in the back of his autobiography was this forest (laughs) fed I don't think they could prove that like that dude had written the letters either, but it was like kind of assumed that he did or they tried to pin it on him, but I don't think they could. The craziest thing about that entire story for me is that there's actually a professor of dirt. Oh yeah. (laughs) I work with geologists all day. It spins me out. Yeah. Rock nerds. Yeah. Literally they get up in the morning. They get hard for dirt. Yeah. 
to looking at at dirty stuff. <laughs> just spin <through> nah. <laughs> to dig holes. I love dirt and I love rocks. It's wonderful. Nerd. I got the opportunity to go to Ireland for two weeks and study rocks. So that was wonderful. College was great. And being in geology, there are field trips for every fucking class you take. Every upper division class, you're going on a field trip. Because you got to see that shit in the field. It's geology. You got to be able to touch Ireland it. would be a great place too. Because it'd be like a scavenger hunt to find actual rocks. Because everything you'd be pulling up would be a potato. well in ireland i was looking at mostly their karst environment so they have a lot of limestone which is easily eroded by water and that's what creates your cave systems is you have water that runs through limestone and creates these tubes and that's also what makes sinkholes because limestone just keeps eroding and keeps eroding and eventually it can't hold it anymore it all sinks goes down into what would have been a, a cave. Sinkholes are terrifying. I loved karst systems when I was in college, man. That was my shit, was karst. <laughs> Hydro was so, so hard. But... I like my black dirt. I like to live on black dirt earth, not red dirt. Oh, Tennessee is full of red dirt. I'm a red dirt girl. What the fuck? Apparently everybody is a dirt nerd. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Tennessee's got like red clay though so like well at least up up in Clarksville did it had red clay and then underneath that you had limestone so in Clarksville you have a karst topography because you get a lot of sinkholes and that sort of thing around that part of Tennessee out in West Tennessee where I am right now there's not a whole lot of that it's mostly silt and that sort of thing it's all flood uh, flood plains from the Mississippi okay <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I just went totally over everyone's head there. Geology, geology is just liquor and guessing. Liquor, I barely know her. We are we are called the drunks of the science community. It was it was in the arts department till the seventies. Get over yourselves, <laughs> geologists. Okay, fuck you. We are real science. Okay, this guy went to university to study comedy. This just reminds me of the Big Bang Theory, how much shit um, Sheldon gives Bert for being a geologist. He's just like, you. this isn't a real science. You look at rocks and dirt all day. And he's, yeah. Oh, I, I, told my, uh, I told my high school chemistry teacher that I was a geology major when I started college and he went, oh no, the rock people. <laughs> <laughs> I loved getting my degree in geology. It was wonderful. All my geo friends listen to this podcast. Geologists rock. All of your friends have a crush on Dingus now. All of your friends are going to be like, so Dingus, she's single? Uh, oh my God. You guys just got that? Yeah, that was a good one. Awful. <laughs> Terrible. Sorry, Dingus, you old thirst trap. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> then they watch the video and they're like, oh God, that's her? No. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that ain't going to happen. Uh, let's be serious. <laughs> Oh, thank you. You're too kind. Interfingering Excuse dikes. Excuse me? What? what? The sh- huh? Interfingering oh. <laughs> dikes. That's, that's a funny thing. For, what the fuck, for, Richard? Uh, shut up. <laughs> that's, what do you mean? That's a geology term. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking Finger about. Finger in the dike. In, inter, interfingering dikes. It's a real oh, thing. It is. So you're welcome. Mm-hmm. I was doing that for your sake, Christy. <laughs> She's like, fuck you. Don't say dike. <laughs> right now triggered triggered no whatever triggered you wouldn't like geology it's got a lot of weird shit like that 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, sorry. I'm off the geology well, thing now. I can stop bugging mm-hmm. you about geology. No, you're good. I kind of went down the rabbit hole there. I was like, oh, geology. <laughs> oh, geology. <laughs> <laughs> so remember, Annie came from a very privileged family. Well, she loses this land and she just builds herself a nice log cabin and just lives off the land like she prides herself on cooking on a log fire like she is camping it she would even have like local girl scout troops come and like do hikes learn camping skills and she would give them silver spoons as like souvenirs as they were leaving which is also kind of strange because there's reports that she didn't like children she had this thing that like children should be seen not heard so she was actually just trying to kill them by sending them <laughs> into the woods well i think because it was girl scouts she was like you girls need to have the skills to survive i don't know i'm pretty sure she was trying to kill them and then she gave them silver spoons so she could accuse them of stealing them <laughs> but this lady was probably like not the favorite uh girl scout fucking teacher you know she's probably the kids probably got dropped off by parents being like Gotta have the afternoon. Bye-bye. And then it's like, uh, come on in, get your silver spoon. Like, oh, not her again. If she didn't like kids. She if that's the way she thought. That's like, I'm gonna pass my skills on and you're not gonna like it. What a weird gift. Did she get it? Does she have silver spoons from like her previous life of being like well off? Probably. I see. Yeah, I imagine that's where she got the silver spoons. But yeah, if she would just line up silver spoons and tell all the girls to take that's one weird. by the end of it. So and they were all like cooking on her flagstone hearth with her. And so nothing, nothing too fancy. She's not living fancy at this point. She is living bare bones, not privileged. I tried to all. build a tree house once and I failed miserably because you cannot make floors out of plywood. No, <laughs> I learned that <laughs> the extremely hard way. It hurt a little bit, but I'm okay. She built a whole log cabin by herself at 66. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's insane. I don't know if she built it or had it built. Nah, we're going to say she built it. Where are all the slaves with her last name? Where are they at? All, all her friends. All her friends. Where are all her friends with her last name? <laughs> <laughs> so, so her husband had a ministry in Clarksville. Um, it's unclear what her level of involvement with that ministry, though, because she was very dismissive of organized religion, referring to them collectively as, quote, castles on the Rhine. So she had an unmistakable, unshakable belief in God and went so far as to create her own non-organized ministry on Fort Campbell ground. This is where she really like becomes stocky at Annie. She starts her work on Fort Campbell with soldiers during World War II. She threw herself into her new ministry. She was so well loved by soldiers. They started calling her Aunt Anna, Mama, Grandmother, and several other terms of endearment so she started visiting soldiers in hospitals at first so wounded soldiers she would go and she would pray with them and talk with them and just be that motherly grandmotherly aunt type person for them that's nice is it very nice especially wartime getting your mama you know yeah and she was small she was i don't i don't have an exact like height for her Descriptions were just that she was small, 
loved, endured, feared, and revered. So feared's in there as well as loved, which I think is why she wasn't exactly beloved by all. Yeah, that's good. You always want you always want a little bit of healthy fear. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I feel like if everybody likes you, you have a problem. You know, like <laughs> not everybody's supposed to like you all at once. I like I like this quote. I like this quote that describes her quote, an iron will that steamed rolled opposition matched by a tenderness that melted tough guys into little boys. Oh, uh-huh. so I love clearly it. she could be both. And, and she called all of these soldiers, her boys, they would often give her pins and patches and other memorabilia of like their units and things like Are that. Giving her silver spoons. <laughs> no i mean these soldiers aren't well off you know these, these soldiers are not. so you're telling me that the local girl guides are more well off than the local soldiers <laughs> yes that's exactly what i'm telling you every time a soldier would give her a patch or a pin she would put it on this black cape that she wore and it was more of like a long shawl. By the end of her life, that cape was 15 pounds. She's collecting tokens. She is waiting for these men to die and then putting their tokens on her death cape and then wearing it around like death. She just needs a scythe. Legit. Literally be the reaper. I totally thought capes were done by this time. So she must have been a character. Would capes have been a normal thing? Like, is that just like, were they like seriously like oh here comes cape lady oh hi how are you have something for your for your cape again miss bar you cutie pie holy fuck she's adding into it right now <laughs> so was she like nursing these guys did she like were they like no she's just praying with them she's just being a friend she's just you know all these soldiers are, are coming from everywhere. You know, they've left their families behind in different states or whatever. So she's just being that like motherly person. So are they running from the war or are they just returning from it or? No, they're soldiers. So they may have gotten injured in battle or, you know, just gotten sick. Any, any number of reasons to be Fort Campbell. So Austin. she's just giving them a soft spot to land. Are they, they're living there. Yeah like an ear to talk to you know yeah yeah they're living there they're living on fort campbell she's just giving them a support system she kind of ran fort campbell as a landlord despite having being evicted from her family farm to create fort campbell if she wanted to visit soldiers in hospitals or later she would actually decide the soldiers who needed her the most were the ones in the stockade hence her nickname stockade annie so she would go to those soldiers who those soldiers had committed crimes you know they were being convicted of murder could have been a million different things theft anything this is the classic like christian thing right like even the worst of the worst can be changed and i can do it like that's a this is a normal tactic to me that's not of course she's gonna do that that's of course where she went i can go help these the most and then i'll look really good when i do help them you know well, and people say that she was so dedicated to this that God himself could not have stopped her from going and doing these. Shows things. you what you think about God. You know what I mean? Like God can't stop them. Get the fuck out of here. Your God sucks. Can't stop a human. I can stop someone. She was tried. People did try to stop her from doing this. She's wearing things. a 15 pound cape. That lady's jacked as shit. Yeah, <laughs> kneecaps are exposed. Kneecaps are exposed. Tally's just looking for ways to kill her. I love it. You go for the knees, then the throat. Knees, throat. Come on, God, pussy. Growing if she wants to act like a man. 
Yeah, exactly. So, so this quote that she says actually explains a lot of like why she felt the need to do this. She said, I had three brothers in World War One, and I know the American serviceman needs somebody to administer to his heart. He is hungry for love. I think they wrote a song about that. I mean, I'm going to look that up real quick. Here <laughs> <laughs> with me a second. I believe, I believe you. I just. Oh my gosh. I was thinking more of like, in, to the tune of addicted to love <laughs> oh i'm hungry yeah okay sounds like a country song hungry for love hell yeah she's she's a civilian she has no legal military connections nothing but she is such an insistent and frequent visitor that she earns herself a pass to visit prisoners in the stockade pretty much whenever she wanted. She's described as treating post headquarters and the commanding general's office, quote, as if it were a customer service department. Do you guys know anything about how like the United States Army works? Because this would have been an army base. Post headquarters and the commanding general's office. Most people can't just walk into that motherfucker. (laughs) Like even now, like you can't just walk into that motherfucker. And back then, you know, like at no point in time, just a random civilian allowed to just bust open those doors and start demanding shit, you know? So you've got this mid 60s woman just doing whatever the fuck she wants on an (laughs) army installation. I think that's what happens when you enter your 60s. You just start doing whatever the fuck you want. And she spent a year going to the general's office every Sunday to get a pass for the stockade. What was she doing? Just hanging out? Praying with the soldiers oh. to go to to go to the stockade. So she's like visiting with these soldiers, but she had to get a pass to go do she that. She's relishing their suffering. So <laughs> <laughs> but one day a young officer trying to discourage her because the whole time she's doing this people are trying to stop her from going to the stockades they think it's pointless they don't care about what she's trying to do to be there for these soldiers they they just don't give a shit this officer asked her one day just who do you think you are mr big stuff (laughs) to which annie replied quote I am a capital S sovereign citizen and a full-fledged taxpayer. If this isn't my camp and my army, then whose is Woo! it? Boom! Did you know that Elvis once showed up to the White House high as a kite with a bunch of guns? Did you know that Eleanor Roosevelt once had a romantic relationship with a lesbian reporter? Hi, we're Stephanie. And Tux. From Beyond Reproach, a comedic history podcast where we talk about political scandals like how FDR's grandfather made the family fortune smuggling dope. And messy government officials like President Johnson, who named his dick Jumbo and would wave it around at people on Capitol Hill. Gross. (laughs) And we do it all while drinking period-appropriate historic cocktails, like JFK's favorite, the lime daiquiri we are not historians we're just a couple of drunks who never shut up and love history we hope you'll join us on beyond reproach for some big facts good laughs a little bit of swearing a lot of drinking and a real good time you can find beyond reproach wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts i like her (laughs) capital s this one from like what the fuck is she doing to like okay sure do whatever you want lady she just sounds like a capital p pain in the butt <laughs> and she was and because she was a cat because she was a pain in the butt she got to just go in and out as she as she wished Amazing. and it was unheard of for a woman at the time a civilian woman at the time to be able to do that sort of shit like in, in reality they probably that's how it started they probably went oh whatever but after seeing her go down there and talk to these people and be good like nice and they probably were just like, fuck it, let her do it. It's not harming anything. In fact, it's probably making the morale down in the stockades a lot better. So 
Well, and she got unpopular attention for it because it's like these people have committed crimes. So like, why do you want them? In I was just spirit? about to say, isn't the morale supposed to be low? Is that the point of the stockades? Is to lower morale? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, sure. It shouldn't be fun. I'm not saying make it fun, but I'm saying make it so they don't like kill themselves and you're cleaning up messes. You know what I mean? Like, or each other. Them, yeah, right. or each other or just enough to not, obviously you're locked away, so you're never going to be really happy, but just m- morale enough to, yeah keep it good she later recounted quote i couldn't have caused more sensation if i had asked for a pass to heaven there's no such thing i was told she's asking for things and people are like there's there's no such thing and she's getting it anyway (laughs) she's getting these passes anyway she's doing all this anyway so for people sorry who are stupid like me could you explain what a stockade actually is because I have an image in my mind that i'm sure is wrong yeah i actually have no idea either i like how we're all just like "Uh uh-huh yep Somebody might actually want to like maybe try to find a picture of one. That would probably be the best. I can probably do that. Hey, Dingus, let's pretend this is a podcast and people can't see us. I'm in a stockade. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) they're called stocks. You, it is a podcast. People can't see us, right? I guess I was thinking like for your guys' purposes. I'm like, oh, let me pull up a picture. That would pretend that we're blind and you have to put the imagery out for us. Right. So you're essentially talking about a jailhouse because you're not, it's not like the wooden thing with people have their hands and their heads in the, that's not, <laughs> at this point, that's not what we're talking about. They're just called stalks. I, I right. wrote stockade. And that's not at all what I pictured. <laughs> not at all. It's a rudimentary jailhouse, essentially, right. you know, so you've got soldiers, probably not a high volume of them living in just like a really shitty shack like a like a hut hay straw sort of hut (laughs) is there multiple you would have like one how like one of these buildings for like all of your prisoners so they might have like separate little rooms but you're jamming them all in one so these are soldiers who had done something wrong Yes, they've committed crimes, whether that be theft, murder, I mean, any any crime. So this woman's going every day and jamming herself in this tiny little shack of farts. <laughs> right. <laughs> to pray with these criminals. Because I yes. was picturing the, the stocks, right? I was picturing them like out in the open. They're going there to be embarrassed and to be mocked and shit like that. And she's like, out in the, but she's actually like jamming herself into this tiny little shack with them that's like what i had envisioned was uh like the camps that soldiers came back to when they had uh, but this was vietnam obviously it's a wrong fucking war (laughs) but well she's she's alive when we go into Vietnam. okay we'll see how how i was picturing it was we had these well here in minnesota and i'm sure like all over the united states we have these camps where it's just like larger huts and i think it was like nine men to a cabin you know they're basically like cabins and then run by a sergeant but everybody had like food maids and they were just you know the outcasts basically because we weren't nice to our soldiers coming back from vietnam you know so they just needed like a soft spot to land and like rebuild themselves basically from that shit so that's what i had envisioned so thank you so much celeste for asking the question (laughs) because i'm like oh she's such a nice lady well, and what you envisioned is for soldiers who didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. Except their, except their fucking jobs. Exactly. So imagine that 
but like 10 times worse because these people have committed crimes. You were, you were on the right track. Just got to go a little bit downhill more. <laughs> <laughs> the negative side. Yeah, just go, just go a little bit more like fucked up. That's what I picture what Richard has up as a fort. Like we have Fort Edmonton here in Edmonton. And it's like, it's a, it's a, like a tourist thing. Like you can go and hang out there and pretend you're a native. This is okay. what, a, this is what a stockade would be. It would be in like a little enclosed yes. thing with like a little, mm-hmm. a little caban in the middle. And there'd be like a little shitting trough out in the corner over here. I'm going to say it's like a 90 meter high wall with spikes on the top made of logs. Yep. And it would have been very similar to okay, that. Deal. What kind of crimes would get you in there, though? Like you said, it could be murder, <laughs> but like what kind of not like murder stuff could get you in there? Also, they're soldiers. Isn't murdering like what they do? Isn't that kind of like the job description is murdering people? Well, but you can still be committed or convicted of war crimes. Um, anything that you shouldn't have done overseas would get you put in a stockade, which there wasn't a whole lot of that. World War II, Vietnam, not a whole lot of war crime. You weren't being convicted of war crimes a whole lot. You'd have to be very unliked. They probably weren't called war crimes yet. Right. Um, Murdering people stateside, bar fights, anything like that. Um, I'm sure that it was used as like a regular jailhouse too. So like not everybody that was in the stockades was in there indefinitely. You could have just had like a public intox and you were in there for God only knows how long. So it could have been like any variation of crime because at that point you're waiting to be found guilty essentially you haven't gone through like any legal processes yet because we still had some sort of system in place (laughs) in at this point the 1940s obviously it's not what it is now that's good to know for context i did ask the people that i talked to uh that one author of the book she had written several books about clarksville and different aspects of it and they really couldn't give me anything other any more specific than what I just gave you. It could have been any number of things that they were in the stockade. Probably going AWOL. Yeah, know. yeah, AWOL, that could have, anything the army considered a crime. And the army's always had more strict rules than, like, just civilians. And they're all housed <laughs> together regardless of, like, severity. Yeah. And they're not, like, restrained or anything. So she's just, like, hanging out face-to-face with It's police. basically just a mini jail in the, the fort, right? Like, just a baby jail. On the camp. Yep. baby jail. Baby jail. Baby jail. That's different. <laughs> That's different. That's for you. It's called daycare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I imagine. So there was an incoming commanding general who thought he would, quote, put an end to the foolishness of allowing a woman untrammeled access to places she plainly had no business oh, being. Another fool. Jails are for men only, I say. And he revoked her pass. Her pass that doesn't exist. That's not a real thing. <laughs> entirely made up that the last general gave her oh, but suddenly yeah, it's should... a real thing now when you want to take it away it's a real thing <laughs> the right. card was full if you want to be in the stockade go kill a man like another man <laughs> <laughs> you want to go... <laughs> and after her husband died she dressed all in black forever johnny cash yep. Yep, for, for pretty much for the rest of her life, it is reported she dressed in black. But imagine, though, imagine this general comes in and he's like, all right, get the fuck off. And she's like, get off my base. And what's she going to say? She's going to be like, what are you going to do? Throw me in the stockades? That's where I'm here to go. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a hangout, man. Prayers only get stronger from here. The next day after he revokes her pass, she burst in the doors, demanded to speak with the general. 
And before the secretary could even tell her that he was busy, she was already in his office, busted through the doors. She wasn't waiting. She was going to do what the hell she wanted. That door to was do. locked too, but she's been wearing that 15 pound cloak. <laughs> All right. No door made by any man could stop that woman. One of the things was a key. I bet you one of the things on there was a key. <laughs> <laughs> right, key to the office. Somebody snuck it to her when it was soldiers. She just stitched it right on and give no shits. Clearly, <laughs> a sergeant who was there said the general's ass chewing was one that he had quote never in his life heard anything like to it. Be a fly on that wall, and quote her tirade nearly scorched the paint off the walls. Amazing. As the general escorted her out and told the secretary to reinstate her pass, and every general after him reissued her pass until her death. Yay. Never never again did a general challenge her. So the word just got passed on, general to general. Let Anna, what's her name? Anna whatever. Let Anna in. Anna Mabry Barr, aka Stockade Annie. Annie's cool. Yep. Just let Annie do what she does. She knows the handshake. <laughs> You just let Annie do what she do. The He-Man Woman Haters Club. I love the way people used to talk back then. She took a strip out of her. Like, what did she say? What was the thing? You put tartar up against the wall. Or scorched whatever. the paint off I the walls. Her, her tirade yeah. nearly scorched the paint off the wall. Yeah, I, lo- I yeah. love the similes. I love shit like that. It's so much fun. People don't talk like that anymore. It's like, LOL. <laughs> like, we're all, like right. we, don't, we don't have the colorful... <laughs> The colorfulness that they used to have, which yeah. I miss. And that's why I have to put the quotes in because I'm like, these quotes are so great. I bet you like in a hundred years, someone's gonna be like, and then Dingus said, her quotes are so great. And then someone's gonna be like, I like the way <laughs> these talk back then. Anyways. Why say more words when less words make sense? Yeah. <laughs> little too good. Too many words. For why too say? Good. Why say more word when a little do okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she just like kept going to the stockades every day until she died, pretty much. And at this point, she's practically broke. The any any sort of financial privilege she had in the beginning is just completely gone now. She's fucking broke. She is just a broke old lady gonna do what the hell she wants to do. However, she sacrificed no cost for them. Running up phone bills. She traveled around the entire continental United States from Washington State to Washington, D.C. in order to advocate for soldiers in trouble. And I couldn't find out exactly where she went. I know for sure she went to Washington, D.C., which I'm gonna get to in a minute because that's pretty epic. Outside of that, I don't really know. I don't know what she did in Washington State. I don't know exactly what she did and where she went. But she would go try to, in court, advocate for soldiers that she knew to get a lesser sentence or get out, anything. She would talk to courts on behalf of these soldiers that she had spent time with. Soldiers are getting passed around all the time, whether you're in the stockades or not. So if she knew a soldier at Camp Campbell that got transferred somewhere else, and then their court date came up, she would grab a greyhound and go, which she never had the money to pay for the greyhound. So she just kind of kept asking for free rides to the point where greyhound just gave her a lifetime pass to go wherever the fuck she wanted. What the hell? <laughs> She's a, this woman's amazing. Everyone just roll out the red carpet for this lady. 
I love her so much. Out of sure persistence, she got a lifetime pass to go wherever she wanted. All right, well, the Greyhound lets a lot of shit slide, as we've addressed before. Well, as, as long as yeah, so she's <laughs> not doing it in Canada, her head will be safe. <laughs> so during this trip, she gained friends that were in the Pentagon in D.C. So anytime that Fort Campbell told her no, she would just go to her Pentagon friends and be like, they told me no. And the Pentagon would say, hey, you guys do this. And an example of this was when she wanted Bibles. Hey, please. She wanted $800 worth of Bibles. How many Bibles is that? Two? (laughs) I guess enough for her boys. Fort Campbell told her no. And she went to a local bank to get a loan because she was going to just pay for these outright because she doesn't like to be told no right and the bank manager asked her well what do you have for collateral she she responded uh that she needed no collateral young man god will see that you are repaid i've got these 17 silver spoons (laughs) 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 i forgot about the spoons (laughs) she just tells him god will see that you are repaid and not wanting to go against god he gives her the fucking loan no (laughs) so god's good enough for him so wait did he did did god pay him back though yeah she paid him back Mm -hmm. somehow anna managed to pay pay the the loan back okay god Mm -hmm. righteous righteous on you jesus I'm going with Jesus shaves his pubes. He's got Jesus zero bush. Jesus loves me, this I know. Another time she wanted more Bibles, but God wasn't good enough for this Hopkinsville, Kentucky store owner. Dick, dick. So she called Washington, who called Fort Campbell, and made a colonel come out of pocket for her Bibles. A general at Fort Campbell called this colonel and told him, get her her damn Bibles. And he came out of pocket about $300, which you're talking 1940s, 1950s at this point. That's a lot of money. And so he cussed her. He was like, I do not like this bitch anymore. (laughs) He was, which was, I think, part of the reason why she was not beloved by everyone at the time of her death, because this dude, all the way to her death, cussed her, just did not like her. I can see why. Well, I think we all know where he went after he died. (laughs) (laughs) nowhere like everybody else hail satan nice and warm never cold tootsies oh right cool is that what you guys meant (laughs) no i just you're just like out of nowhere like nice and warm i was like she's talking about hell yeah no i got that now i'm up to date all right ain't no cold frozen cold tootsies over here look i'm just saying i know who goes to heaven it's a lot of pedophiles (laughs) oh are you at the gate Oh, shit. I better rewrite my ticket. So the end of my next paragraph here, just a little warning, is going to be very controversial. Woohoo! Oh, not here. Not here, Dickus. <laughs> I hope this doesn't turn into, like, uh, a clan meeting. Like, no N-word? No. No N-word? Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, no. No Napoleon? Like no right. Napoleon? No. Uh, well, we, I mean, we've had some statue issues lately, is all I'm saying. An example of what she would say to the prisoners in the stockade at Camp Campbell was, quote, this is where you belong. Learn something from it and become a better man. If you are in the hot box, call on God, pray hard, and he'll do it, too. 
A witness said that her boys often responded well to these statements. I've seen times when within an hour, a man who was belligerent and disorderly was turned into butter by Miss Annie. All of this combined up to this point, whatever the hell she wanted was held as weight of commands so if she said get me this it was like a military commander telling somebody on post to do it for her and one day she noticed the camp flew a flag in honor of lincoln's birthday she then demanded that a flag be flown for general robert e lee's birthday and it was oh oh is this the controversy yeah. You almost said the N-word with it, though. You almost said <laughs> it. Was, it almost came with an N-word. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, don't push. I don't know. I mean, like, she has friends who are Black. That's true. <laughs> I don't hate her. I mean, I can't say I hate her. Oh, I don't It'd be hate annoying her to me, but I don't hate her. I mean, her. at this point, you would have soldiers in the military that are Black. I'm sure that the the people in the hospitals and in stockades were mixed race. I'm sure they were white and black. In the stockades, was it, was, it, was, it was it was it was it was like 90-10. Let's be serious. All right. So ah! so for for people like me, Australians that don't know anything about what the fuck you're talking about, can you please explain oh. to me what the problem is with Mr. or General Lee? Oh boy. Oh. Somebody grab a text. This is this is a different episode, but I'll give okay. it I'll give it to you. The South shall rise again. Have you ever heard that saying? Yeah, I, I mean, I've 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 seen Gone with the Wind. So that's what I was going to say. It's it's the the Civil War, American Civil War. Robert Lee Lee was on the the the, the losing side. He was on the Confederate side. Yeah, and okay, then, and so that's the problem. They wanted to keep slavery for economic reasons. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think it was more for selfish self-righteous reasons yeah. but, you know and at the time they claimed it was for economic reasons but you know okay. it, it's all. of course we all know that the infrastructure of america itself was built on the backs of black slaves yes yeah we yes. understand and the white okay. men are like we own it right so he was up. the he he was in charge of the army that were fighting to keep slaves Yes. Okay. He he was there one of go. the generals. You got it. He he did a lot of like burning and pillaging and fucked up shit. Okay, cool. I I'm sometimes so- forget you're on the other side of the world where you have your own issues. Let's all cut Christy some slack. They were too busy fighting the emus to keep up with the civil war. Exactly. What the great yeah. emu war was happening at the same time. <laughs> and like the South, they also lost. <laughs> yep. Emus outnumber us 20 to 1 over here. So yeah, they really got <laughs> fucked up in the emu war. It's pretty brutal. Population is insane. Gotta bring wolves in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. I now I know. <laughs> no problem. You're really a fuck we're really a fucked up country. Yeah. I mean, uh, and we have a pretty fucked up history too, but it, what country doesn't? <laughs> Australia. Australia doesn't. No, we do. Our oh yeah. Um, our past with our First Nations people is disgusting. Oh, okay. I guess mm-hmm. I did not know that. I thought you were just kind of like, no, it's hideous. So we're going to hang out. No. Full disclosure, your present with the Aboriginal people also isn't great. It's just like us. So. <laughs> yeah. And you had a lot of prison. You had a lot of prisoners from other countries who were like forced to go to Australia and be like, you're just going to go die on this island. And they colonized instead. Yeah. I'm convict blood. So <laughs> I can't, I don't have, I don't have a leg to stand on. So I don't know uh, if I explained where 
uh, Fort Campbell is. Clarksville, it's in northern Tennessee. So, and Fort Campbell specifically is on the border between Tennessee and Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Nowadays, the Fort Campbell address is Kentucky, but most soldier families live in Clarksville. So it's on the border. And so there were some por- uh, reports that towards the end of her life, she moved to Hopkinsville. Um, and then maybe later to a hotel in Clarksville. It's kind of in undescript. But either way, she at this point had a Fort Campbell military driver who would come and pick her up from her home and take her to Fort Campbell to go visit her soldiers. So not only now is she allowed to do this, but now she's being driven by soldiers to go do this. What is it with this lady? Yeah, well, this reminds me of that. You ever hear the Volchev or whatever, the Polish fucking bear? And he would just, he was part of the Polish army and would like carry around mar- artillery for them. And they just kept around a bear because they were like, you know what? The bear is good for morale. I feel like she's the fucking bear, the military bear. She's just there to keep everyone happy. And they're just like, whatever. Otherwise, she's just going to piss everyone off. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And she's going to be a major pain in our ass. Like, we just need to give her what she Stops wants. Stops annoying us. Yeah. It's a good point. Squeaky wheels y'all she was a white woman yeah yes yes a very petite white woman so in 1960 at this point she's 85 damn she's been bugging people for a long time Mm -hmm. yes usually old people get quiet (laughs) and and she's growing weaker there's there have been several occasions where family has been informed that she's dying and she's in the post hospital so she's a civilian being taken care of at Camp Campbell's Hospital. Doesn't sound like America. That sounds like socialism. <laughs> sounds like I want to be. <laughs> but guess what? She'd receive a vitamin B12 shot and she'd recover like nothing happened. Vitamin B12 shot. What is a B12 shot? What does that do? Vitamin. Yeah, B12 is vitamin. Yeah. So, but I I, I don't know. Are what we doing with an intravenous or energy? A massive energy boost. Oh, lovely. Let's keep us alive longer. Sounds good. So it's not actually, so she's not actually sick. She's just tired. And kind oh. of yeah, she's getting, just getting old. old. She's Age-related <laughs> atrophy. <laughs> Admit me to the hospital. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> I need my B12 for my age-related atrophy, please. That, my dad says that his A-G-E disease is catching up with him sometimes. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I like that. He also caused drinking CrossFit for his liver, though. So Wow. Know. He sounds like a real <laughs> optimist, your dad. Drinking I think CrossFit. we'd be friends. You're, me and your dad oh. would be absolute friends. Oh, yeah. He's a great dude. Love him. I'd be like, yeah, let's do some squats, and then we'll take some shots. <laughs> and he'd be like i don't do that anymore let's just skip to the shots <laughs> he's like no he spent 24 years in the army he's done with that pt shit Ugh, pts hate him hate him hate him love him love him love him so anna claimed that she had a direct line to god and one day <gasps> she had a message for the president and for the president only from god nice 1960. Do you guys know who the president was of the United States at the time? Oh, Theodore was, Roosevelt. No, it was either JFK or Nixon. Nixon. Tricky Ooh, don't send nudes. Oh. Do not send Although nudes. they would be dick pics. Yeah, they would. Oh. Oh. 
no matter what. She never divulged what this message was to anybody. Like she Except was only going to tell the president. Yes. So she hopped on her Greyhound bus with her pass and she went to Washington, D.C. The highest that she could get was the White House chief of staff, but she refused to tell him. Tricky Dick refused to see her and she couldn't keep waiting. So she took a Greyhound back home and nobody ever knew what that message she had for the president was. However, she was staunchly against the Vietnam War at the time. So it's likely that her message was about the Vietnam War. The Mabry family always joked that it was about Watergate. They always joked that she was going to say not to. They're recording um, you at the Watergate. Do not conspire (laughs) to embezzle the money. The FBI is listening. As always. (laughs) dumbass so, so the family always joked that it was it was her warning him about watergate but it's likely that she was just gonna tell him to get out of vietnam yeah she just went there to be an old pain in the ass like her track record would indicate yeah <laughs> Stop. so she was so supportive of her soldiers that she would stand on a box on the airfield and wave goodbye as soldiers flew off to Vietnam. Um, which is why it's a pretty good hunch that she was going to tell the president to get out of, get, a, get out of Vietnam. But why a box? Because she was short. She was really short. What if the pilots were like, are they waving us in? Do we need to land? Like, is something wrong? She's giving us hand <laughs> signals. We need to land. <laughs> They're taking off. So she's just like, bye. Bucky shouldn't have a flashlight. But she's short, so she needs to, like, prop herself up, you know? I'm surprised she didn't browbeat her way onto the plane. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Annie was hospitalized as her health declined, and General William Westmoreland asked about her when a Fort Campbell soldier reported to him in Vietnam. Westmoreland, isn't that the, like, guy from Corn? Or, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what band was that guy from? Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Yeah. Westmoreland. <laughs> same, what? Same. West Westmoreland. That's what his name is. The guy from Limp Biscuit. Not the not the main guy. Another guy. Yeah. Not Fred Durst. Oh, okay. Well, General William Westmoreland was very influential in the Vietnam War. Um, he's he's definitely in history books for having done a lot of things. I can't list it all off the top of my head because I did the research on Annie, not on him, but. No, I'm just joking. His name's um, West Borland. I just looked it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he's in Vietnam at the time, checking in on friggin' Annie from halfway across the globe. And he finds out that she's in the hospital. And so he sends her flowers from Vietnam. Aww. And he sent her flowers every day until she died. Aww. While she was in the hospital. And she passed away September 26, 1969, at the age of 93 at a hospital on Fort Campbell. And she was buried with full military honors. She was a civilian the whole time. She is a civilian. And she's buried with full military honors. Wow. 250 people attended her funeral service. Wow. Wow. I'm shocked. Never enlisted. Never, never had a family member enlist. Nothing. Wasn't even a nurse. (laughs) Nope. They took her land to build Camp Campbell. And she said, this shit's mine. I own this bitch. (laughs) Yeah. She said, I own this bitch now. 
I'm gonna do what the fuck I want. Good for her. Just good. It, hey, man. I kind of find her annoying, but I mean. Yeah, very annoying. But the reason she could live off being broke is because she got anything she asked for. No, pushy ass people like that can't get a lot done, you know? Uh, whether it's it's right or the way things should be done, it doesn't matter. You could push your way to the front of a line if you're pushy enough, you know? You could fucking send back your T five times because it's not hot enough. You know, you could be that person. It's, it, it's <laughs> if you easy. really want spit in it. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, you could still yeah, do it. Yeah, I know, dude. It was a funny joke. <laughs> Don't fuck with the restaurant people. But you can fuck with the military yeah. all you want. <laughs> it really is amazing what you can accomplish simply by being a pain in the ass. With God on your side? Ah, fuck, man. God like, is my witness. Think, like, that's... that. That's why the whole stockade thing doesn't surprise me because obviously that's what you're gonna use. But I'm surprised she made it almost to the president with some news. That's where mm-hmm. it gets like she was really well respected. Like, do I say well respected? Yes. I don't know. She was known, well known uh, amongst the military people, which got her pretty fucking far. Reputable. Yeah, reputable. Well, and some people respected yeah, her. Some yeah. hated her. You know, it was it was a mixed bag. And how people just that one guy hated her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like. I kind of like. Her. I find her annoying though. From what like just being i don't like those pushy ass people maybe i'm too passive like i don't like the if i get my coffee's not hot enough or something i'll just drink it or if i you know like i'll just deal with shit yeah but her like, issue oh, wasn't hot. that the coffee wasn't yeah. hot enough her issue was that she didn't have any coffee or her, her buddy yeah. her your soldiers didn't have what they wanted or whatever right yeah her boys, her boys didn't have any that's coffee. what it was and so she was buried in a Greenwood Cemetery in Clarksville, which is where I found her headstone, was Greenwood Cemetery. They finished her funeral service with her own words, which was, quote, the world is burning up outside. Your boys fill the ditch over which civilization is marching to peace. Are you even listening? Comfort the brokenhearted, ease the pain of those who have done their best and given their all. Damn. End quote. That's significant. Those are significant last fucking words. And May 11th, 1986, the Pratt Museum unveiled um, a case containing mementos of Anna's life, including her famous 15-pound cape. And the Pratt Museum is located on Fort Campbell. Do you think Hoover went and wore it for a day? It's like, I am now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this lady must have had some crazy next drink. Oh, and my answer to Celeste... uh, previous question is like in in the extra notes at the bottom here she wrote her novels under the penway pen name garraway renfew because it wasn't appropriate for a minister's wife to write she wrote poetry books called my old field and vivid nights these are about her life in new orleans which include pictures my old field (laughs) that's such a southern hick fucking my old field my ditch the old stomping grounds (laughs) My ditch and the, and the pussy willows. I'm just sticking about. <laughs> and the wolves. It's. I feel like she got like overshadowed by, by like Mother Teresa. You know what I mean, or someone like that. She. She. I feel like she missed her mark in history just by a little bit. Right. Yeah. And and another quote from Annie to end it off is quote: "I never had any children, but I have the biggest and best family in the world. Some are robbers, some are murderers, some are thieves." And some are victims of unfortunate circumstances, but they are my children. Aww. Hashtag the South will rise again. Hashtag blue lives matter. 
<laughs> That's why I don't like this lady because she's so that. I do like her. Yeah, so yeah, like that, yeah. Like, I, I I know this old lady. She's a fucking dynamite. TNT. Yeah, kind of kind of like the '60s version of the South will rise. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know? The like, anti hippie. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 I don't know, man. <gasps> yeah, it's tough. Like she's going there. And being a gigantic pain in the ass to all these people who are just trying to do their jobs so that she can go and be like a comfort and a beacon and like, you know, an ease of boredom for these dudes who like fucked up and did really bad shit and yeah. ended up in the stockades. Like, why don't, if you're gonna like go be nice to people who are actually like just like doing their jobs and like doing the right thing. But birds of a feather, right? She's a piece of shit too. So, <laughs> or just annoying. <laughs> The ones doing the right things weren't the ones who needed God. That's what I'm saying. That's old, that's an old. The ones who need God. That's an old Christian <laughs> thing, right? Like need the, God. The thieves and mm-hmm. the the criminals. Those are the ones that need the help. They're, sure. they're the purest ones. It's only because on. she's landlocked. If she'd been on a coast, she'd have sailed out to the fucking islands, and she'd have <laughs> given them. <laughs> she'd have been dealing with the Marines. Yeah. Well, even Jesus washed a horse feet, right? Yeah, but did he really? Jesus, Jesus was in defeat like a thing yeah you didn't know Je- jesus washed a horse feet. washed a whore a whore i thought you said horse i was like he's washing horse feet <laughs> no, what the fuck's jesus doing at the truck of the horses no horse. no one time i fucking went to bible camp when i was like 11 years old you want to know what happened to me there oh my god you got molested the most, tra- the most fucking traumatic thing <laughs> happened to me there that's what i was gonna no, say you i got, got my raped. fucking period <laughs> for the oh. first time oh Mother Nature raised yep. you. was like, you don't need to be here in our cabins or whatever. They had us like wash each other's feet. And I'm like, nobody can wash mine. They will get kicked in the fucking face. I am that ticklish. That was some Jesus shit. You guys are going to wash And they were calling us all whores. They're calling get out of us town. Whores. Are you serious? Tally, you for sure got molested. Oh my God. I mean, to have a to have a cabin of women wash each other's feet. Yeah, that's calling them all whores. I was like, no one's washing my fucking feet because they will get kicked in the face. How old were you? You said you uh, were like 11. You said you were like 11, 11. Are wow. you fucking kidding me? I'm not kidding at all. You were at a camp where they were making 11 year old girls wash each other's feet and calling you and in Jesus in Jesus name because he what? washed for his feet. And I was like, OK, no one's washing my feet because one, I'm a virgin. You're not a whore. <laughs> yeah. But I did just get my period. So I feel like it jinxed me. <laughs> and like they would not God let me go camp. home. They they like made me stay in the fucking counselor's office after that. So it was That's like last night or two. But I had to sleep all by myself because I have a period. They shunned me. Oh. Look at the whore. Won't let her feet get washed, a fucking whore. Uh, get her in the corner where the whores belong. Oh, I am. Don't believe in God hard enough. He made you bleed. Really I couldn't even go swimming in the lake. I like how in shock you are. I, I love it too. You've got like, some fucked up shit that's happened to you. Like there's exorcisms that's happened around you. So like, it shouldn't be that shocking. But I mean, yeah, but you're pretty shocked. <laughs> calling an 11 year old girl a, a baby a whore. That is just. Whew. And then shunning. Who are they literally? Well, they like read the scripture. So figuratively, they're calling oh. you whores. Yes. And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish this story was Jesus washing horses' feet now. <laughs> a 
Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I said thank you and you're welcome to myself. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sorry. I'm really not. Oh, I dear. am who I am, and that's all that I potato. Is that the is is that the last of uh, Stockade Annie? Yeah, yeah. So that's she's it. got the. Okay, I got a couple questions. So she's got was is her okay. gravestone grandiose? Like, is it big and gaudy? Just nope. a little. No, but just like has has a little cross and. Yeah, it's just a cement or not cement. Probably marble. Yeah. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like it's like big and like, is she known around your area of the world? Like, is she a known? If someone was like, you ever hear the story of Stockade Annie? Would they be like, yeah, of course I have. I'm from here. Yeah. In Clarksville? No. Because I talked to a lot of locals. A lot of them didn't know. Had no idea. So did you mention what was inscribed on her gravestone? I did I, not. I can see if I can. I pull like it up. big butts, and I cannot lie. <laughs> like stands out in a way, right? Here lies Annie Barr. A- yeah, so it just has her name and her date of birth and her date of death, and uh, it's like a family plot. So there's like one big stone that's got like a big cross, and then like little plates with different. So she's buried near her um, parents and her husband and her husband died many 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 like when she was before she was 60 okay 1961 Mm -hmm. okay like before she had started doing crazy shit yes yeah camel yeah really her her husband's death and then the taking of her family land is when she was like i've had enough i'm doing i'm doing things the way that her husband just wasn't around a badger anymore to go badger other people. Yeah, maybe thought she was always part of her personality, but she had her like very obedient husband. Like, go pick that up or go do this. And that's that's true. But I do like that part of the story that we never even talked about, which is like, well, we did a bit, but like she started this at sixty six, and for thirty years, that's how that's when her like crazy part of her life started. Hey, you don't hear about that often, right? You don't usually by that time. It's like retire, play golf, you know, or whatever. You get quiet. People, yeah, you cabin. get quiet. And you just. Especially for someone born in 1875. Damn, she lived so long. 97 she died? She was 97 years old? 93. 93. Holy fuck. 93. We should treat all the elderly at military hospitals. Yes. That's a damn good idea. They live longer. Yeah, no, that's not a good idea. We don't need them anymore. (laughs) What's the cutoff age, Tally? When do we start, like, meh, the old people? Like, today? Yeah, what's this cutoff age? Like, when is it? When am I? Because I'm the oldest. Well, me and Christy. When are me and Christy getting sent off the pasture? (laughs) <laughs> oh my god i just sent you out already uh, uh. Oh! Oh, oh i don't have to live with my bald spot god, if i had to decide i'd fucking download y'all's brains and keep you on my hard drive forever there you go like Maybe. make a miniature of you and then keep you in my pocket imagine how scary that would be though like you guys know just the surface of me imagine all the deep dark richard secrets that get downloaded you didn't want you know, all you wanted was just to hang out with Richard every once in a while. Considering considering your wife and your children and your life, I don't think it's that bad. I don't know. I killed a guy in Cabo once. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I looked at a guy wrong in Cabo once is what he really meant. <laughs> no, just the perversions. I'm talking about like. Like the things that, like, obviously I don't act on, but like, imagine the things that are in there, like the fucked up shit. Then you get that too, not just to hang out with me. If I were wor- if I were that worried about it, 
I'd question you a whole lot more and a whole lot harder. I don't like the idea of downloading your brain into something so people can keep hanging no, out I know, with you after scary. you're gone. I want, I want people to miss me. I want to be mourned, not just like hung out with and people pretend that I'm still there. Maybe like a file, maybe like a, a disc you could put in and like, I want Celeste gone. And then, but like, I can hang out with her today. It's like some of you just jam into your brain for the day. It's not permanently there. Oh, like like Black Mirror with the yeah, the remote he could turn his <laughs> wife on. She's in his head. This is wonderful. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Head on over to our Facebook and Instagram to join in on the conversations about all things unethical. Just search Unethical Podcast. You can also find us on Patreon, where you can get access to all of our super awesome content, uncut videos of our discussions, and early release of all the episodes. We are adding fun stuff all the time, so you should definitely come and check it out. Thanks again. We appreciate all of you.